0: This is the Quantum Tech Pod, brought to you by Inside Quantum Technology, covering industry analysis, data, and market forecasting for quantum technology markets worldwide. Now, here's your host, Christopher Bishop.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Quantum Tech Pod. I'm delighted that you're listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on wherever you're sitting on the planet at the present time. I'm your host, Christopher Bishop, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Eddie Zervagon, who's the CEO of Quantum Exchange. Eddie's a seasoned senior executive with extensive operational and investment experience. He's served on several public and private boards, specializing in audit, compensation, and IPO readiness across a variety of industries. Quantum Exchange is the maker of a quantum safe key delivery architecture to future-proof the security of data and communications networks. Eddie, I always like to start the podcast by asking my guests to share a bit about their own personal journey into the quantum space. My objective is certainly to give our audience a sense of what you did before you worked at Quantum Exchange, but also to orient our audience to the fact that there are many ways and various paths people can take to get into the field of quantum information science. So could you please share a bit about your background and path so far, like where you grew up? maybe where you went to school, what you studied, and certainly insight into the companies where you worked, as well as other roles you've had on boards and in various organizations.
0: Sure. Thanks so very much, Chris, for having me. So I was uh, born in New York City and then raised in Miami, where I spent uh, much of my formative years. Uh, my parents immigrated from Cuba in 1962, so I definitely have that uh, that little bit of uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, always looking over your back kind of mentality. <laughs> so I think oh. I think that's been very helpful for, yeah. for this quantum exchange <laughs> journey. Uh, but uh, I graduated from Florida International University. I studied uh, accounting and then got a master's in tax and, uh, and went to work as a CPA for uh, the next four years. And then I made the change moving from Miami up to Hanover, New Hampshire, uh, as I attended at Dartmouth college, uh, the Amos Tuck School of Business, and I spent two years there really uh, really understanding why people dressed the way they did in the Northeast. got an MBA and then uh, went to uh, work at Morgan Stanley where I spent the uh, the next 15 years. Ah, uh, really making investments on behalf of the firm in what I like to term as uh, high consequence mission businesses. Uh, the most notable of which, um, a couple of them that really come to mind that I continue to have an association with many, many years later. One is Bloom Energy, the first um, commercial solid oxide fuel cell company. Uh, which has been an amazing journey over the last 14 years and now a public company. And the other is a company called the digital globe, which is now known as Maxar technology, which is the highest resolution commercially available satellite imaging company in the world. And I continue to be on both boards and I've learned so much about working with really, really talented management teams and and what it takes to put a very effective board together. Uh, Those are experiences that I've really brought to this quantum exchange journey. And, uh, Um, and and, and really am excited about what the future will be for quantum exchange
1: so how about some background on quantum exchange people are interested in the quantum companies and how they were founded how the portfolios evolved i read that it started as a qkd reseller but has evolved certainly into something very different uh, a quantum safe out-of-band symmetric key delivery system right more broadly can you tell me about the evolution of the portfolio and
0: so early on, I think that the thought was that the development of a super highway of quantum key distribution that would uh, start in uh, Boston and work its way down through New York and to Washington DC. And the thought was that uh, as data traveled, the ability to deliver the key uh, out of band uh, through a quantum key distribution network would, uh, would really be the next evolution in, in, in cybersecurity and protecting data in motion. And, uh, you know, as they say, necessity is the mother of invention. And as we were out talking to customers, this is before my time, uh, as we were out talking to customers, it became apparent that the use uh, cases for uh, QKD were rather limited given the technology, given the specs, right? The ability to deliver under 100 kilometer. Uh, So although although the idea and the premise was, I think, um, uh, well thought out, Uh, and execution, getting CISOs and CIOs to really focus on the larger goal at hand in terms of a more uh, dynamic and broad-based application of our technology was going to be a little bit um, um, constrained. And so I think that was when we kind of pivoted and said, well, let's take the best ideas from quantum key distribution, right? Mm -hmm. The ability to separate the key and the data, right? And take that, but do it in a way that allows us to be much more broad-based applicable. Right. So that, it, you know, we're much more flexible, resilient system than just basically connecting two nodes fiber optically, uh, you know, under 100 kilometers and all those, you know, with very expensive gear that's not readily available. Right. Uh, those are the kind of things that I think led us to where we are today.
1: Thank you for explaining that. It makes total sense. I mean, let's talk acronyms for a minute. So a lot, I think there's a lot of confusion around the various acronyms used to describe, you know, approaches to quantum security. Uh, There's post-quantum cryptography, right, PQC, which is Uh a math-based approach, sometimes called quantum-safe encryption, quantum-proof encryption, quantum-resistant encryption. Then there's the physics-based approach, most popular form being quantum key distribution, QKD, as you referenced, and often referred to as quantum communications or quantum encryption. Then there's quantum random number-generated keys, right, another way to protect data, so the quantum-based, quantum-enhanced encryption. So- Again, not sure the level of uh, clarity that our listeners might have, but if you could just talk a little bit about, you we've know, overview of how these systems deliver value, and then certainly how they interoperate. And then the logical follow-on will be, you know, me asking you about your solution and how it connects these this, this plethora of acronyms, if you will.
0: Sure. So, so we all know that for the last 45 years, public key encryption has been the underpinning of the internet, right? And the ability to transmit data. In a protected, secure manner, yeah. right? And 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 that has been done through cryptography, right? And and in other words, if you want to really simplify it, it's just making really hard math and doing things uh, from an algorithmic standpoint that a a classical computer has a hard hard time dealing with, right? right. You know, factoring two large prime numbers, yada yada yada. You know the um, you know the uh, uh, you know how that how that is strung together. Yeah. But it happens to be. Uh, a, a kind of calculation that a quantum computer, and you don't even need a quantum computer, they're advanced computing and probabilistic machines that can do that type of computation very, very easily. And yeah. that's the dilemma, that's the problem that we have today, Right? right? that in the very near future, the public key encryption, as we know, is, is, is at risk. It's actually at risk today, and we can get into that in a little bit, but yeah. it'll be at risk. So the way that we've looked at it, the way we've handled this, is to say that, um, look at this from two uh, methods, if you will, right? The two methods being, let's make the math harder. Let's make it really, really hard. That's post-quantum cryptography. And the other way is, well, let's use physics to defeat a quantum computer. And that's QKD, right? Uh So, you know, those are kind of the two stakes in the ground that people have put in as ways to kind of deal with this what we've said is we don't have a a a product problem if you will it's not about harder math it's not about it's not about physics it's about architecture and the problem that we face today is that in the absence of an architectural solution right QKD has inherent limitations. We talked about the gears, you know, the, the gear can be cumbersome. It can be expensive. The use cases, uh, the applicability of the use cases become very, very specific. Yeah. Uh, PQC, um, the, in our view, the, the biggest problem with PQC is that you're not what I like to call absolving yourself of original sin, which is <laughs> the separation like of it. the data from the encryption, Right. right. And, and, and to be fair, I mean, you know, Diffie and Helman, they, they were, I mean, they were, they, they were really, really forward thinking and what they've done has lasted 45 years. Right. So it's incredible pretty what amazing, the reality yeah. was pretty amazing. But yeah. the reality is that that was a product of a time in which I probably had a one T one line connecting me and you, <laughs> and I was transferring the data and that encryption had to go along with the data. Right. So from that standpoint, There were inherent limitations, but now with the various ways in which we can connect, undersea cable, fiber optics, satellite, 5G, 4G, TLS, right? right, There's so many ways that we can connect. Why aren't we doing, why aren't we cleansing ourselves again of original sin, which is separating the data from the encryption? It makes it much, much harder to be attacked.
1: Eddie, on your site, you describe a concept called crypto agility, which I think is very smart. Um, can you share how this approach helps businesses protect the ever-increasing tsunami of data that they have to deal with coming from myriad sources, given the fact that the impending arrival of quantum computers is going to be able to break these current encryption standards? In fact, I just heard recently, NIST believes crypto agility is imperative in order for successful post-quantum planning requirements and execution. So please share your perspective on this with me.
0: Yeah, uh, crypto agility is one of those terms that means different things to different people, right? But for us, what crypto agility means, the ability to change these PQC algorithms without taking your production network down, right? So, you know, you can further that and say, if you look at, if you look at, uh, uh, you know, the NIST and uh, DHS uh, um, statement last week, if you look at what they're talking about in terms of adoption. Right. Part of the things that are going to hinder adoption is a lack of crypto agility. Right. And, and that is what we feel is really freezing the market to a certain degree right now. So if you're if you're a network engineer or you're in charge of a network, a new network outlet, it, in my mind, it would be crazy for you to, to spend the money of putting new network architecture in place without having it be quantum safe, quantum resistant. Right, you're just putting yourself in a position where two to three years from now, you might have to rip and replace everything that you put in, right? So, exactly, exactly. So, everything that we do is geared with crypto agility in mind, meaning give the customer the greatest amount of flexibility so that if things evolve, and we are in the nascency, if you will, of, of, of quantum, right? We don't even know what we don't even know that you know it is prenatal. So yeah, yeah. The, the, totally. the point is you've got to put ourselves we've got to put ourselves in a position where we'll be able to roll with whatever comes our way. Uh PQC algorithm is broken. You need to be able to change it very, very quickly and not have to worry about getting it through the vendor community and all of a sudden getting it FIP certified and all these things that are just going to add time and effort and money right. to the implementation or the effective adoption, if you will, of post-quantum architecture
1: yeah so i'm going to talk more specifics about the portfolio so july of last year quantum exchange announced version 2.0 of your patent pending key distribution system FIO trusted exchange tx right described it as a cutting-edge crypto appliance so with this solution the company is uniquely positioned to straddle and address the qkd and pqc markets I wonder if you could talk about as you you were implying before how does this actually work like how does FIO tx do that can you get into the tech a little bit
0: so it's 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 actually a very elegant we believe a very elegant answer to the problem which is rather than doing the same thing we've been doing which is attaching pqc or 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 the the encryption to the data rather Mm -hmm. than qkb which has very effective use cases i don't want in any way Downplay the effectiveness of QKD. It's just right now, and for the foreseeable future, the the use cases are limited because of the distance limitation and the medium uh, limitation, right? right? So yep. those are things that, in order for people to start looking at the problem holistically, you've got to have a better, more comprehensive answer. Uh, so at this point, you know what what our focus has been on. First and foremost, let's derive an architecture that separates the key from the uh, from the data. And then once you've done that, continue to roll it out and continue to take it to the edge. And as you take it to the edge, we, we put out products like the Model D, which is a which is the baby version, if you will, of FIOTX, which allows this this out of band key delivery uh, system to occur almost anywhere, re- anywhere where you can have a, a, a basically a, a, a unit that's the size of a paperback book. And yeah. uh, so from us, for us. You know, it's about delivering the technology out of band, but then taking further and further. And we'll have some interesting developments that we can talk about and share, at least give you a little bit of a, uh, of a teaser in terms of where we're going with this. But it is to make out of band symmetric key distribution available anywhere. And that is wow. something that I think is going to be, you know, when, when you're a CIO or a CISO and you're looking like, how, do, how are we going to address this problem? The yeah. more comprehensive you can be, the more attention you're going to get at.
1: Yeah, no, fantastic. So the segue is, you know, at this point in the podcast, I always try to pose some kind of real world use case question. So I want to ask if you could share examples of how clients are using FireTX, using your solution, um, ideally, maybe from a couple different verticals. Again, I'm not pressing you to give away any competitive advantage or reveal uh, secrets, but, you know, listeners are always interested in even though we're in the early days, as you said, you know, like, how are people using it or thinking about using it like to drive a business model? Right. So any insight you could share would be, would be great.
0: Sure. I mean, I, I, have said for a while now that this is right now for companies, I would look at this as a competitive differentiator, right? Where you're looking at saying we take data, uh, uh protection very, very seriously. So we, we find ourselves partnering and working with, uh, with companies in, in in multiple verticals that really, really embrace the leadership role that uh, taking a lead on quantum safe uh, data of uh, movement uh, places in it. And for example, a company that we announced a deal with, Prasida, just a couple of months back ago, uh, we are working with them to protect their data transport network, right? So they are data centers that have government applications. Huh. And we can protect their, we can protect that data as it travels between their data centers. And we're ultimately working with them to take that even further. And but what I mean by that taking them further is being able to again deliver quantum resistant or quantum safe keys over over a satellite network to their customers.
1: Huh. Cool. So that's great. Uh congrats by the way on the Series A round in January this year. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful. This marked a new era, certainly for the company, including expanding the leadership team, right? Which positions you guys to better address this vast market opportunity for protecting data in motion and now into the quantum era. My interest certainly is in workforce and executive leaders like yourself. I wonder if you could share a bit about your colleagues and their backgrounds in the spirit of enlightening perhaps other potential execs interested in joining the quantum workforce.
0: Yeah, I, I would say uh, several of our uh, uh, team members have cr- uh, crypto cybersecurity experience. Uh, mm-hmm. They were part of uh, they were part of uh, startup companies in the past that uh, that ultimately had successful exits, uh, including our uh, our chief product officer and our head of sales we uh, were at a company called Fidelis. They were the founders and, and, and original uh, employees of Fidelis That was ultimately sold. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got uh, we've got folks that come from this from a financial services background, like our CTO Sherry Shigagi, who was um, basically CISO for several of uh, several uh, uh, groups within Citigroup, uh, several lines of businesses, uh, and reported directly up into uh, into senior management there. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Holly Nywing, who worked with me at Morgan Stanley. Again, really dealing with diverse businesses and and managing and uh, and uh, and I. I, I would say, uh, overseeing our investment in a diverse set of uh, portfolio businesses where, you know, startup experience is in and of itself, uh, its own learning experience, right? Irrespective of what industry they're in. And then, then, you know, like April, uh, you know, she has diverse corporate communication, strategic communication, effective communication. Uh, experience, which has been really helpful, because so much of this is about getting the story out, right, and and For sure. your ability to tell the story and to get people to understand the ramifications of decisions that are made today that are that are going to be three, five years down the line, is extremely important to us. Uh, you know, our our engineer, network engineer um, Eric Hay, uh, hey, uh, again, multiple startups in the space. Uh, and then I'm trying to think who else. And then some of the folks on the sales side have been cybersecurity professionals, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Ronzoni and um, and Scott Fricks, uh, cybersecurity sales professionals, understanding particular market segments and how to uh, how to uh, lay out the vision and lay out and be partners with our customers in terms yeah. of thinking about this quantum safe journey. And it is a journey. I think these are all uh, these are all folks that have come together in kind of this you know, this, uh, what I would call call to arms to kind of, we yeah. see the, the the pending disaster ahead of us. And I think uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it, we really are looking at this and going, this is something that's much more than just about making money or being successful. This this really is a mission for all of us. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. And a shout out to April for her help putting this together. Again, I'm a firm, as a former IBM's comms guy, I'm a firm believer in, to your point, the importance of communication and marketing. As well as biz dev. Somebody's got to explain the value to customers and somebody's got to put the message together in a way that people can understand it. So bravo. Sounds like you got a great
0: team. <laughs> we do. Uh, I'm very excited and proud of them.
1: Yeah. Let's get into the technical aspects. Again, we have listeners who, you know, whose awareness of the technical ranges, but we certainly have people who are deep into it. So I thought we'd take an opportunity to talk a little about the technical aspects of uh 5TX. So I read that. Um, NIST, that your solution supports all NIST round two and round three PQC key encapsulation mechanisms, KEM, can, the candidate algorithms, right? Meaning customers can change PQC algorithms without disturbing their data networks. So what are the business implications of this kind of flexibility, given that NIST is looking to publish the final standard? Not for a while, right? 2023, 2024 is the target date, I guess they're managing to?
0: Yeah, I mean, so, the, the, the real world ramifications are if you take them at the word, and we're talking two to three years for yeah. them to down select to the proper PQC, right? The, the two or three, if you will, that are going to win. Then, right. how long is it going to take the vendor communities, uh, the Cisco's, the Fortinet's, the Palo Alto, to now incorporate the, that, those PQCs into their gear? Yeah. And then, when you look at that, how long from there is it going to be before it's FIPS validated? So, you're, you could be talking four to five years. Right. And yeah. and what we do, what we do is allow you to start addressing these problems today because the way our system works, it's an overlay over the, the uh the the architecture that you currently have. Therefore, yeah. we're able to do it in a FIPS validated way and it allows you to start not only getting some uh mitigating some of the ill effects of a quantum attack now, uh by 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 going to a post quantum cryptography you yeah. are getting the defense in depth, right? the added layers of protection by having it delivered in an out-of-band way. So what does that mean? If I'm an attacker and I want to steal your data, if I've got your data and I've got your, your, your uh, encryption, it's a matter of time before I'll be able to break it. Right. If we deliver it out of band, now not only do I have to break the key. But I have to also be able to decipher how it was used, when it was used, and how it was, you know, how it was used in, 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 in terms of uh, applying it to the data. And yeah. that, makes it, that makes it contextual, not computable. And by being contextual makes it much, much more difficult. So these are things that we can start doing today, and which, is, which is one of the reasons, Chris, that, that a lot of the vendor community have chosen to work with us and help us uh, and uh, allow us to help them. To be able to to deliver keys in a in a multi uh, in a multi node way, yeah. the way we do with Fiotx, because they understand at some point the 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 capex build out of network architecture is going to come to a stop unless there is a solution to addressing the qu- post quantum problem.
1: So last week, the Department of Homeland Security issued what they're calling the post quantum roadmap. For those of you listening, certainly worth checking it out. Um, they're advising agencies, right, within the government to protect their data and systems from these impending advances in, in quantum computing. So it's a pretty major announcement, right, coming from a governmental organization, public sector perspective. Can you Now, this may be obvious, but I think I'd love to hear your take, have you share with our listeners, you know, the kinds of data they're recommending be protected and what the implications are maybe for both public and private sector. You sort of implied military before you mentioned that. But, um, can you give, give us your take on sort of the kinds of data they're recommending? I mean, anything that obviously requires security, but that's, that can be, that can vary by vertical or by even business unit or organization, or somes proprietary somes not at risk, or doesn't represent as much risk to a company. What's your take on that?
0: I think what you saw was the federal government telling private uh, enterprises as well as government agencies you really need to take stock of your data, right? right. What, is, what are the pipes that that data is traveling through? Mm-hmm. And what is the, what we call persistency of the data in terms of what is the long range need for that data to be kept confidential or to be kept protected, yeah. right? And so the argument that we make with CISOs and CIOs is basically, let's look at the fattest pipes that you have and let's mm-hmm. look at the persistency of the data that's flowing through. Great. What we're able to do are the most effective work in, in convincing our customers. And, 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 and I wouldn't say even convincing, just partnering with our, our partners to understand what they need to protect is where we can show the fattest pipe with the most persistent data flowing through it. And those Perfect. are, you know, and, and that's going to evolve over time. But yep. at the very least, you know, the first steps should be, look, let's look at the fattest pipes. Let's look at the most persistent data. That's what we need to protect. So as an example, data center, to data recovery, right? That, that's got to be, you know, the fattest <laughs> pipe an organization has. Right. If you don't have that lockdown, if I'm, a, if I'm a nation state actor, if I'm a bad guy, if you will, that's the first thing I'm going to tap, that fiber line wow. between those two.
1: Right. Oof. So that's great insight. Thank you so much, Eddie. Uh personal focus for me is on workforce, right? So I always want to ask my guests uh, their take on the challenges facing a company, for example, like quantum exchange and finding talent. So any insight about how you go about recruiting? Um, do you have a relationship with a university or other pipeline? I know many quantum companies are connected to big universities or tech schools or engineering schools. And then secondly, are there other other disciplines that are harder to to fill, slots, you know in other areas of the company um you know back to marketing biz dev investment guidance i mean program
0: managers um
1: so do you have relationships with you that you use to as there a talent pipeline
0: uh, very informal but but really it's more uh it's more folks uh, uh you know references and folks that we know from our lives i mean we, we you know all of us have done multiple uh, businesses, multiple startups. So we know folks that we think are the right pieces for this, the beauty of what we do. And I think one of the reasons why we've been so off the mark in terms of the beaten path is that we don't have physicists, right? We don't have people that are pre, pre-wired to uh-huh. come up to a solution, yeah. right? If If you're a physicist and that's all you know, quantum physics, you think yeah. the answer is quantum physics. If you're, <laughs> well, yeah. if you're, if you've been a cryptographer all your life you believe that a better pqc is going to defeat a quantum computer why because it's done so for 40 years 45 years right so the fact that we have network right. guys and gals the fact that we have folks that come from a broad set of businesses right they look at the problem and they go to us it's architectural that's right. the real that's the real solution, yes. so not having that uh, that deep domain expertise, if you will, as it relates to, let's say physics, for example, that gives us a certain ability to take a step back and look at this for the problem that we see it being, and not just a uh, uh, you know let's let's find a cool solution to 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 a problem just because it sounds interesting.
1: right. it's not a science experiment or a research project. It's actually. Um, focus on driving business models, protecting data, and yeah, that's great. Insight. And that's
0: and, and and to be you know to be perfectly blunt, I think um, it was when we came to that conclusion that it's time to really commercialize what we have. We could have we could have stayed on the science experiment route, and you know there's not enough money, right, to wait out that market. And yeah. so it was inc- yeah. it was incumbent on us to figure out a commercial solution to a very, very real problem. And I think we've done so.
1: Great. Well, Eddie, thank you very much. Uh, Really enjoyed our conversation. Very insightful. I'm gonna take copious notes here and I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. I wanna encourage people to follow you on LinkedIn, right? Click the follow button. Uh, Take a look at the website, quantumexchange.com. I always ask if you're hiring. So are there skills you're looking for based on what you just described? Other yeah, career like, opportunities on your website that we can point people to.
0: I don't know if we have opportunities on our website. I don't. Um, you know that would uh, that would uh, come at, at some point uh, for sure. But for now, there are certain you know areas like network engineering that that we're looking at. Uh, cool. We're also looking at um, increasing our our, uh, our participation, or I should say, our our uh, uh, influence, if you will, in the uh, in the classified realm. Uh, so that's certainly an area that we'd probably be uh, looking to expand on uh, someone with the, the, the appropriate classified clearances that I think could get us into other conversations um, uh, away from what we're doing today. But, uh, but, you know, we're, we're growing and we're looking forward to meeting the challenge and, uh, and we're, we're very, uh, very enthused about what the next 12 to 18 months will bring us.
1: Great. Well, Eddie, thanks again. I really enjoyed our conversation and. Uh really appreciate you joining me today.
0: Thanks so very much. Really appreciate your time, Chris.
1: Thanks for joining me today, Eddie, and thanks to all of you for listening. I want to encourage you to please share this podcast on social media to increase the impact of my conversation with Eddie. Also, I want to invite you to join us at Inside Quantum Technology, which is going on November 1st through the 5th. And Eddie's going to be delivering a keynote on Monday, November 1st, titled The Final Frontier for Data Security. An exploration of satellite networks and quantum technologies. You can learn more about the event at iqtevent.com. Listen to my other episodes if you haven't already, and please connect with me on LinkedIn. And thanks for listening.
0: You've been listening to the Quantum Tech Pod, brought to you by Inside Quantum Technology. For more information on this episode or other topics relating to quantum technology, visit insidequantumtechnology.com.